Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into The Fire podcast. We're back to The Hobbit again. Mom is here. Hello. And we are starting the ninth chapter, Barrels Out of Bond. Um, if you hear a motor in the background or two, it's two kittens who have joined us. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so this um, leaves off right after they've uh, gotten out of the battle with the spiders, and they're out of food, they're out of water, the dwarves and Bilbo, they're all there except for Thorin, um, who, as we said in the previous chapter, had been already captured by the elves and imprisoned. Um, and they're you know desperate, and they try to head back in the direction that Eight out of um, the 13 think is the right way to the path. And when they do this, um, they're suddenly captured by the elves with torches and um, they got bows and spears. They're armed and um, they don't even try to fight at this point. They surrender and... um, Yeah, the only thing the dwarves had were small knives. Um... And, you know, Bilbo had Sting. Uh, it was Thorn who had the big sword, and Thorn's already been caught. Um, and, yeah, there's no way they think they can win a fight against the elves in this state, so they don't they don't try. Um, so they're blindfolded, brought off to uh, the elves' um, kingdom. Now, Bilbo, meanwhile, had slipped on his ring... And, uh... He wasn't caught. The elves didn't know he was there. Yeah. He followed along behind. And, um, yeah, they enter through, um, there's a bridge that goes into the elves' cave. Um, quite a, a bigger, faster river. Um, a regular river, not enchanted. Um... Actually, on the map, it shows the Enchanted River flows into this one, but I guess it's pretty diluted by that at that point. And, yeah. Uh, he um, slips you know, behind the dwarves and gets into the elf cave right before the gates um, close shut. Um, my impression that these doors are probably opened by magic. Um, yes. Yes, they they are um, magic doors. And Bilbo, if Bilbo was to, say, be shut out of them, he wouldn't be able to open them on his own and go back in. Um, so they're, they're in the Elvish Kingdom. It's um, smaller, less deep underground, and cleaner air than the goblins' uh, tunnels that they'd been in before. And um, the elves are singing as they're marching. And in the hall of uh, the king, he's got a chair of carved wood and he's got a crown of berries and red leaves because it's autumn. And it says in the spring he um, has a crown of flowers, so it's he's got a little seasonal thing going on. Uh, <laughs> Thorne was questioned about their doings and where they'd come from and where they were going and Thorne didn't want to share that 
information with the Elven King. And yeah, the um the other dwarves were questioned too, and they were angry and um they didn't pretend to be polite. Um and like what have we done? It's is it a crime to be lost in the forest or hungry and thirsty or um ca- caught by spiders? Were the spiders your tame beasts or your pets so killing them would make you angry? And uh, that made the king even angrier. Um and And since he didn't get the answers he wanted, he placed them in separate cells. And the cells weren't even next to each other. They were spread out in the various levels of this underground uh, kingdom. And uh, Thorin's cell was the It was deepest. like deepest, yes. Yeah, it was the deepest. Um, now, Bilbo saw all this going on, but it took quite a while for him to actually be able to figure out where each, each dwarf was kept and it actually took him a week or two to uh figure out where all the cells were uh, before we go on i'm gonna make a note that um there's an illustration of the gate to the elven kingdom it's got a forest and a bridge over the river and this was drawn by tolkien and it's really good um he was actually a really good artist. So so if you ever look for, you know, a copy of The Hobbit, I highly recommend, or we highly recommend, you get one with illustrations made by Tolkien. Uh, you certainly will enjoy them. And, oh yeah, Bilbo is in the Elven Kingdom, and he's got his ring on the whole time because it wouldn't do for them to actually notice that he's there and make him a prisoner too. He did have to watch out for his shadow. Because in the light he does show a shadow even if you can't see him exactly. And you know the elves have torches and whatnot to light their way and um, he's basically sneaking food like off of their table so he can live on and um Oh, uh, kitty with the claws. Oh, yes. Uh, anyhow. Yeah. After the a week or two, Bilbo actually found where Thorin was. And he whispered through the keyhole to Thorin. And Thorin, finally believing that it was Bilbo on the other side, uh, relayed a message for Bilbo to share with the others. And that was to not to not tell um, the Wood Elves where they were going and where they'd come from. Any of that information they wanted, to not share that. And if if that was shared, it would be by Thorin. You know, by his choice, not... By his choice and uh, for them to hold out. And, uh, Bilbo actually, he tried to follow an elven hunting party, um, into the woods, but they were 
too fast for him and he couldn't keep up. So um, he was basically stuck outside the door of the elves because he couldn't really wander off and get himself lost again. And so he had to wait for the elves to um, open up again, let him back in. So Bilbo did a little exploring outside, but not much. Yeah. um, A lot of exploring inside. And um, he discovered that not not too far from where Thorin was uh, in a cell, there was a stream flowing under the... This is like the lowest regions of the palace. And the stream joined the forest river. And he found out that um, where the wine cellars were is where they would drop the empty barrels into the stream. And, and uh, those those barrels would be floated back down towards Lake Town. Um, where the men of Lake Town, no, not elves, human men, and um, they had trade with the elves for, I guess, products that the elves couldn't grow or hunt themselves. Now, Bilbo found this from inside the caves. This wasn't during his uh, time he got out, but, um, yeah, um, there weren't any, you know, wine grapes growing in the part, and elves uh, liked their wine. Um, and Bilbo listened in on conversations to find out what was going on, and um, he found out that there was going to be a, a large shipment uh, that was going to be brought to the wine cellar, so, you know, it was time for the barrels to be, you know, dumped over into the stream. I would have loved if Tolkien had actually given more details about these elven feasts. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, pulled a Brian Jakes or a George R. R. Martin and give some food descriptions, because we don't know what they really had. They... I mean, well, they... we do know one thing, because Bilbo swiped a loaf, a leather bottle of wine, and a pie. That was different. That was further back, further on. Um, it was like a, a settlement later on. But, um, their feast of the king. We don't know what they had, and oh, that's right. Um, yeah, like we get us, we get a general idea of what they may have been able to gather because they lived in the woods or who they traded with, but I mean, I'd like to know more of what elvish cooking is like besides the lembus and the um... We know they had apples, because <laughs> you'll find that out a little later on. Uh, but apples and wine, so various goods were uh, stored in these barrels, not just wine. And um, you know, Bilbo's following these uh Elves and they, two of them go to a cellar, where two big flagons of wine is are kept, and this is re- really good, really strong wine from the great gardens of Duinian, and they were meant for the king, and to drink out of a small bowl, not a big flagon. And these two um, elves were uh, the chief guard and the king's butler. And uh, it makes a point that elves um, actually can handle their drink pretty well. It needs really strong wine to um, affect them. 
um, yeah, this is kind of exaggerated on in, um, in one of the movies, and uh, it's a bit of a fandom joke that they always really like uh, wine, but, um, oh, uh, actually, I'll be continuing on with this podcast, but Mom, um, needs to do something with the kitten, so, anyway, yeah, they're drinking this wine, I'd like to try it, I mean, I guess it could be dangerous to have more than a little of this, but, um, they fall asleep from drinking this wine, and, um, Bilbo takes the keys from the chief guard, um, I'll point out this chief guard is a guy, um, in, in the live action movie, they have Toriel, the, well, one of the elven, you know, captain of, um, the, the army, and, you know, she's visiting the prison cells and so on. This isn't in the book at all. Um, you know, Bilbo's got the keys, and he's, they're heavy keys, he's trying to have them not clank. And he goes to, um, the cells of the dwarves, and he, he, um, he gets them out and tells them that he has a plan, and they they need to follow him quietly. And, he, um, actually locks all of the cell doors to confuse the elves when they find it and um, make them think they must have really powerful magic to get out of a locked cell. And he gives the keys back to the sleeping guard, you know, back onto his uh, belt, I guess. So that... Yeah, they disappeared without keys. And, you know, he doesn't want the guard to actually get in trouble because, you know, he was decent to the prisoners, and, um, so they've got Balin watching, and, um, he, um, Bilbo tells the dwarves his plan is to pack them all into barrels and send them down the river, and the dwarves are none too happy about this idea. Bilbo's like, yeah, you want to go back in your cells or you want to actually get out? So they're all packed in, and uh, you see the problem here is uh, Bilbo does not have a barrel for himself. And um, the elves arrive and they find the sleeping garden butler, shake them awake and uh, have them help throw the barrels out through the trapdoor and they're singing a little song about it and um, Bilbo's getting genuinely scared now. He thinks he's going to be stuck in the elf caves forever unless he thinks up something quick. And he grabs a barrel as it's, you know, being thrown through the trap door. And so he's clinging to this barrel that's, you know, floating over and not staying upright. 
and they all sing a longer song about the barrels going back to Lake Town and um, about the different uh, kinds of agriculture that Lake Town has, which is a little interesting. And they've got orchards and berries and cattle. Um, they have a moment where the barrels go through a portcullis and kind of all jostle together, but when it gets opened up, uh, all the barrels float out with Bilbo, and um, Bilbo's a little worried that he might not have gotten the lids on tight enough, but um, after that, he mostly got to worry about himself, because he's in the freezing cold water, and um, the barrel keeps churning over. He feels like he's on a round-bellied pony with no saddle or bridle that likes to roll. And, uh, he gets onto a barrel that's, uh, shipped a bit of water and he's, um, riding a bit better. And they've got elves with poles that are, um, you know, pushing the barrels along and controlling them. And, uh, getting them packed together in a place in the shallows before they get sent on. And at that point, Bilbo, actually, he gets off of the barrel and um, he sneaks around and gets a hold of a loaf, a leather bottle of wine and a pie, like we mentioned earlier, and has a good meal and um, sleeps. And he wakes up with a cold... From, you know, the cold and the wet. And he's uh, almost late to get back to the barrels, but he managed just to get onto one. And actually, I messed up. That was the point when he got onto a better barrel that um, was holding more water. Um... That makes sense. He wouldn't have really had the opportunity to switch barrels in the river. And I'd say this is one of the chapters where that people most remember from The Hobbit. The the barrels and the riddles with Gollum, pretty much. Um, yeah, this chapter ends. He's on the barrels and... They've all escaped from the dungeons of the king, but who knows how they're doing inside the barrels, whether everyone's alive. This chapter ends, and we get to chapter 10, a warm welcome. Um, Still floating along, Bilbo gets a view of the mountain in the distance, the lonely mountain where Smaug is. And he's not liking the look of it. And... He's listening to the talk of the raftmen, who I still think are probably elves. Um, that they're um, about to arrive in Lake Town, which is a town of human men, and it is built out on a lake, all on like wooden piers. Um, apparently. I think this was as a defense against potential dragon attack. I'm not sure how that would 
be all that helpful. It's still a wooden town, very uh, flammable, but... Um, and there's another Tolkien illustration of it, really good, shows the town out on the lake and barrels next to it and a kind of a little a, a long boat with a swan head um, on one end. Um, there's marshes and bogs on, um, that actually had, um, according to the talk Bilbo was overhearing, they've, um, paths are vanishing and sometimes horse riders and wanderers and so it's doubtful that the old um, road that the dwarves had taken through the forest would have come out somewhere good. It may have, you know, put them stuck in this bog, so they may have actually avoided some trouble by being imprisoned by the elves, and they just didn't know it. And Bilbo's thinking about Gandalf, whether he'd, you know... be searching for them when he was um actually no Bilbo did not know that Gandalf had gotten news of the dwarves and um was getting ready to search for them he'd finished his business um in other lands which doesn't come into this tale as it says um Bilbo's hungry and got a cold and isn't feeling too great. Um, as the barrels come ashore at um, Lake Town and um, You could actually see where there had been more of the town on the lake that had, you know, sunk. And um, when the water sank during droughts, you could see parts of it. Uh, The barrels all get roped together and um, the elves go into Lake Town to, you know, eat with the lake men and... That's when Bilbo comes and uh, looks for the barrels that have a dwarf in them. And he opens one and um, it's got very angry looking, betraggled, unhappy Thorin in it. And he's pretty angry and Bilbo's like, are you alive or are you dead? You're free or you're in prison. If you want food and you go on with this adventure, you gotta help me. Um, so they're releasing more dwarves. Some of them are in better shape than others after their trip. Um, Dwellin and Balin weren't up to helping at all. Um, Biffer and Bofer were in better shape, but they wouldn't help either. Um, Feely and Keely were better off. They, um, they were younger. And by younger, I mean 
um, like, around 70 and 80 instead of in their hundreds, uh, which I guess in dwarf terms is a young adult, maybe. It's how they made it look in the movie, so I'm not sure what the correct aging is with them, but, um, they had smaller casks with more straw, and, um, they actually come out smiling, and Philly says that he never wants to smell apples again, that his barrel was full of the smell of apples, and he could eat anything in the world but not an apple. And uh, they actually help Bilbo get the rest of the dwarves out. Bomber is either asleep or senseless. Um, Dory, Nori, Ori, Oin, and Cloyne were waterlogged and seemed only half alive. But, you know, in the end, everybody was alive. Everybody was, you know, recoverable. And... Ask you what they should do next, and Bilbo's like, Lake Town, what else can we really do? And so they head for Lake Town, and there are guards at the head of the, the bridge to it um, who aren't really used to there being any real problems. Like, occasionally, the Lake men argued with the um, wood elves over tolls, but they still, they had friendship. And, um, some of the younger people in the town didn't even believe the dragon existed. Um, uh, some of the, the older people said they'd actually seen him flying in their young days. So these guards are just, you know, drinking by the fire in their hut. And... You know, when Thorin gets there, they're, like, grabbing for weapons. Who are you? What do you want? And Thorin announces himself as Thorin, son of Thrain, son of Thor, king under the mountain. And even though his clothes are a mess, he, um, he looks it through his, you know, whole presence. And, um... Everyone's excited, and some of the more foolish ones actually run out to look to see if the mountain has gone golden because of, um, the tales they've heard of the king returning. And the captain, the guard, asks who these others are, because Thorne hadn't brought everybody. He brought Feely, Keely, and Bilbo. Thorne introduces Feely and Keely as the sons of his father's daughter. So in less formal talk, his nephews. And, um, Mr. Baggins, who's traveled with us out of the West, and the captain, the guard, is like, lay down your arms if you came in peace, and Thorne says that he has none. Um, which was true because the elves had taken all of their knives and orcrest, and Bilbo had his um, short sword, but that was hidden, and he wasn't going to say anything about that. And Thorne says, we don't need weapons. We return at last to you know, our own, as spoken of, of a, as spoken of old, and we don't, we wouldn't be able to fight against so many anyway. Take us to your master. And the captain says that. The master is at feast, and um, 
feel he doesn't feel like, you know, being polite right then. Like, all the more reason to take us to him. You know, we're warm and famished. We have sick comrades. We need to... Um, you should make haste and you know, take us there or the master may have something to say to you. Yeah, another thing I will point out, a difference with the movies, that whole everything from the live-action movie where Keely gets an orc wound from an arrow and is sick from that, none of that happens. No orcs churned up. No video game battle while they're floating in open barrels. None of that happened. I guess some people may have thought it'd be a bit too boring to see that Bill Burch is floating on barrels through the river. I don't think so, but... Um... It's how they did it. And... So... The lake men... Take the dwarves to... Um... Where the master of Lake Town is eating with the elves. And Thorn announces himself... As Thorn, son of Thrain, son of Thor, king under the mountain, I return... Everybody jumps to their feet, including the raft elves, who are like, no, these are our prisoners. They're wandering vagabond dwarves that escaped. They're sneaking through the woods and molesting our people. And the master asks if that was true, and he uh, thought that was a lot more likely than any you know, returning of the king under the mountain. And Thorne says it is true that they were wrongfully waylaid by the elven king and imprisoned without cause. But no lock nor bar may hinder the homecoming spoken of old. Nor is this town in the wood elves' realm. I speak to the master of the town of the men of the lake, not to the raft men of the king. And at that point, the master is a little uh, hesitant because he doesn't want to offend the powerful you know, elven king and you know, do anything that's going to mess with his you know, trade business. Um, but others are, you know, really excited of the return of the king under the mountain, so the master decides to, you know, just go with it, because it's popular. And even though it was Thor's grandson who returned, not Thor himself, they weren't bothered about that, and, um, they sang a song of the return of the mountain king, and, um, how we the wealth shall flow in fountains, the river's golden run, the stream shall run in gladness, the lake shall shine and burn, all sorrow, fail, and sadness at the mountain king's return. Um, so they're totally expecting, you know, wealth and um, renewed trade with the dwarven realm. Uh, that uh, little lyric about the lake shining and burning is a little uh, ominous foreshadowing there. Um, see why later. Um, so everyone's excited. They gave, they give Thorin, uh, Feely, Keely, Bilbo, um, seats of honor. Um, actually, no, Bilbo got a seat at the high table. Thorin, Feely, and Keely got places of honor. Everybody got, um, fed and got their clothes mended and um they were given a house to stay in and Bilbo still got a cold but otherwise you know 
Everyone's doing pretty great. The Ward Elves went back up the Forest River with cargo. Great excitement at the King's Palace. Um, unknown what happened to the Chief of Guards and the Butler. And nothing is ever said about keys or barrels at Lake Town. Bilbo's very careful about that. And the Elven Kings is very well we'll see. No treasure will come back through Mirkwood without my having something to say in the matter. But I expect they will all come to a bad end and serve them right. Um, he didn't believe dwarves were going to actually fight and kill a dragon like Smog, and he suspected more that they were going to burgle treasure or something like that. Um... Which uh, it says that shows he was a wise elf and wiser than the men of the town. Although not quite right, as we shall see in the end. Um, that's not me dropping a spoiler, that's Tolkien doing it, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, they stay uh, a fortnight, and Thorne is beginning to think of departure. And he uh, spoke to the master and his counselors that he would be going on soon toward the mountain... And the master was actually surprised and a little frightened and wondering if Thorne was telling the truth about being a descendant of the old kings. Because um, he didn't think the tours were actually going to do it and try to approach Smog, that they were just frauds that we found out and, you know, turned out. And he was wrong, because Thorne really was who he said he was. And there was no knowing what a dwarf will not dare and do for revenge or the recovery of his own. The master wasn't sorry they were leaving because they were expensive to keep and the town was treating it like a holiday and it was um, bringing business to a standstill. So he says, let them go and bother Smaug and see how he welcomes them. Um, was what he thought, but what he actually said out loud was certainly Othorn, Thrain's son, Thor's son. You must, you must claim your own. The hour is at hand, spoken of old. What help we can offer shall be yours, and we trust your gratitude when your kingdom is regained. Um, so, the dwarves and uh, Bilbo um, they're about to leave. Autumn is getting on. So it's cold, the winds are cold, leaves are falling. Um, three large boats leave Lake Town full of um, rowers, dwarves, Mr. Baggins, provisions. Um, they didn't leave um, four of their number behind like in the movie because, as I said, Keeley's orc wound never happened. So everyone's still together. Um... Horses and ponies were sent round by circuitous, circuitous paths to meet their appointed landing place. It wouldn't be as easy to load the ponies onto the boat. Um, Master and his counselors bade them farewell from the steps of the town hall. Um, people are singing on the quays and out of the windows. And um, they head north on the last stage of their journey. And the only person thoroughly unhappy was Bilbo. Um, so that ends that chapter. Um, 
the rest of the story is going to, you know, be, you know, at the Lonely Mountain. Um, so, yeah, it uh, ends this episode. Stay tuned for more. We're still going to finish The Hobbit. Um, thank you for listening to pod- to Cast It Into The Fire podcast.